Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels. We're a video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. Every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We pick a topic, we find some tracks, and we listen to the music. We talk about the music in the game. We talk about the music itself. We talk about um, TGIF uh, lineup from the 1990s. That's the best part of the show in my opinion. We talk about John Madden. Oh God! Don't don't know. <laughs> no, no more, no more about John Madden from me. <laughs> Unless, Unless. Um, okay, so top of the show stuff. I want to uh, first say that on June twenty fifth uh, is the Too Many Games Expo in the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center, which is in Oaks, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's all that weekend. It's a fantastic uh, convention of retro gaming, of music, of vendors, of fast food and a whole arcade room. But on the 25th at 6.30 p.m., uh, Purnell and I will be hosting the podcast at the Expo. It's going to be ridiculous because we're going in blind. We're going to just play it by ear. Nobody knows what we're doing. Actually, we're not playing it. We're not playing it by ear. We actually are intending to use the time to do our contribution to the Masters of VGM segment that's That's going on with the podcast community this month. That's right. And actually, the week before, the week after, I was thinking of doing a mixtape of like tracks for the masters of vgm just so that it's like kind of like a more of a capstone or a keystone or a, what do you say like a milestone i'm not even sure where you're going with this but i like Skipping the idea stone. um yeah so <laughs> oh yeah so it's so something kind of like to cap that whole thing because all of the podcasters vgm podcasters that we know anyway are contributing towards the masters of vgm of composers that we love and who are masters of their craft. We're, we're celebrating all the month of June. Everyone's doing a special episode. And it's funny because I've been putting a lot of time into trying to figure it out, but it's probably all going to come down to Sunday. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is where I'm going to figure it all out and choose my tunes because it's surprisingly hard for me to do because on one hand, you might be thinking like, well, there's obviously who they are. I'm like, yeah, I know Yuzo Koshiro exists. I get it. I'm not going with him. I'm not. I'm. My, I'm just stating it right now. I'm intending mm. to try to choose people that I think would fit in, but people aren't likely to choose right. because I want to give some much deserved composers <laughs> their due. Yeah, in the, in the wall of fame. Yeah. So we have a little anxiety about performing in public again. It's been three years. That's okay. We could do this. Um, but so if you want to meet us, if you want to have some fun. Come check us out. Definitely come to the expo if you're in the area, if you're close to the area. It's a really fun time. It's fun for the family. It's fun for your soul. There's board games. There's a ton of board games they, they, they announced. Or at least wait, announced. Well, I, I, on Facebook, they have like a big board game area with board oh, game. I didn't know that. I think we go there early, and that's just what we do. That, might be, that may well be a good I know. Idea. I know they have arcade games. Like I'll probably want to play Street Fighter after the show. Find me, everyone. If you want to, If you want to fight me, you want to fight me? At Street Fighter. At Street Fighter? At Nintendo? <laughs> at Nintendo. Um, find me after the show. Uh, but yeah, we play board games all day. I think that'd be fun. I'm good for that. I just want to also play some U-Beat and Poppin' music. Of course. If they have them. If they have them. They might. Uh, I'm, they usually have U-Beat. Um, and then in August. August is the Retro World um, Expo in Hartford, Connecticut. 
And uh, as we apparently confirmed 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, 10 minutes ago. We'll, uh, we'll be up there. I think we were going to be up there anyway, but there's going to be a panel with Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy, Mike Levy. There you go. And Justin hmm. Schneider. There you go. <laughs> from XVGM Radio. We'll be up there, and they they were really kind and invited us up to uh, to to present with them, and so yeah, you can find us up there. So that's in Connecticut in August. I think it's like in the middle of August. It's gonna be red hot. Oh, it's gonna be summertime. It's gonna be popping. Dog, that's my word, and I'm embarrassed to admit that. <laughs> so so check us out there too. So we're kind of going back on the road again. Uh, get get back that. in the saddle. There was like a, a year, 2018, 2017, that we were. I was trying to find every event, every podcast event happening in Philadelphia. And they were not all the same. <laughs> that is very true. It was fun to do the one though, but what we got the what was it? The, I guess it was literally called like the Podcasters Exchange or something like that. the Podcasters. A podcasting movement? No, the something like that. It was like basically Philadelphia Podfest. Had, Podfest. Yes. Yeah, basically Philadelphia. These this organization had podcasts at a multitude of locations. Yes. Throughout the city, all on the same day, presenting. And we had a, honestly, we had a fairly quiet venue. It was a good venue for us. But then we went to a, a place called Thirsty Dice, which is a board game cafe. Yeah, that place was noisy. Noisy. And <laughs> unfortunately, someone had to <laughs> so, present there. I'm like, well, that poor guy. Okay. So no shade to those people. I feel, I kind of feel bad for them. So we were in kind of a shared, like, creative workspace in Philadelphia where people like do, like, 3D modeling stuff with computers. It was really fancy. And we had a, a small group of other podcasters and people just just checking it out. And I thought it was really nice. We had some participation. People were listening, but it was quiet. Yeah. And then we go to this 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 board game bar essentially, which is, is a fantastic. And it bar, was by the way. packed with people, packed. And there were like two people in the corner trying to have like a really quiet Dungeons and Dragons like RPG style game with just the two of them. And like it was impossible to know what was going on. It was nuts. Like yeah. I, I, I definitely give kudos to the guys who were doing the show that day though, because they were they were doing their whole shebang. But yeah, they were they good. were competing with multiple people that were there outside of the event just to play games, and everyone was loud. Yeah, it was tough. So I, for you and me, on. it would have been like we'll just play DJ. You know, we'll just play music, and then we'll just kind of go crazy. But for for something that's more of like an intimate, like I'll be honest, it's that's that's tough. Tough. I would have just played board games while we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> the episode would have been Robin. <laughs> Now play board games while they do podcasts. Yeah, that would have literally been it. That would have been it. You would have hung out while me and Pernell play. God knows whatever. Like I never know what we're going to play because you have so many games. This is true, and I need to stop. But I there's one stop. on the there's one on the table today, which I'm super interested in playing. I really want to play that one. It's a good one, and we'll talk it really about cool. it later in the show. Yeah, we're gonna have a board game beats uh, moment <laughs> later <laughs> in the show. Um, yeah, so those are the rest of the things I want to talk about at the beginning of the show. Um, but this show is all about the kickoff to summer. It's starting to get hot out. There's some some games are getting announced. Well, I don't even know at this point. Some a friend of mine had to tell me today through text that this was like the summer the non E3 events as he referred to them, where all the different companies decided to have their own press conferences. Mm, yeah. And I didn't even realize it. I just kind of stumbled across the news of the last for the Last of Us Part One update, and my response to that was, I mean, I was positive enough to be like, if someone is interested in that, I hope they enjoy it, but. I bought it when it was on PS3. Mm. I bought it when it came to PS4 as a remaster. Well, why would it need to go to PS5 too? Like the game is playable 
You know, on a PS4 it's, it's and one, on a PS5, technically. It's one of those games, man. It's like Enter the Gungeon. It's like they're going to make a PS5 like version, and Devolver's going to be like, it's the special version that's all like souped up graphics and you're gonna it's gonna be the but that's just it though like there's there's nothing like they make it look nicer but it's negligible at this point the ps4 version looked great the ps3 version looks great yeah yeah and the story is already like it's a good narrative but a lot is one of those games where you kind of play it once and you kind of experienced it they don't give you a lot of room for variety in your gameplay just have it just have it available on the ps5 so if that's the only system you own you can still enjoy a great game yeah but that's what that's what i mean though like that's why i say i get it if someone buys it like there's no reason for them not to if they want it that's Mm -hmm. what you do but the game exists on ps4 and the ps5 can play ps4 games so it's like I don't know who this it's, is for. It's, it's fully, it can play all of them. It can play them. Yeah. Oh, okay, then it doesn't matter. So I'm like, in that regard, it's like, I, if you want it because <laughs> it looks slightly nicer, that's cool. But in my eyes, I'm like, why? Like it's already there. You know what got announced that I'm kind oh. of getting excited about. Should be the Callisto Protocol, but it's not. What is it? It's not. Uh, no, it's the new Street Fighter. Oh, it's a good. I, I'm that's your the, thing. Getting the itch again. I watched a whole thing on the um and reading about like the new gameplay mechanics. They're bringing back Universal Parry System. I have no idea who Universal Parry System. I've never met that guy. Parry. Walter and Parry. <laughs> Perry Mason. So what is this Universal... Well, I may be going too deep in the weeds, but uh, what is Universal Parry? Street Fighter Three. every character in the game could parry an attack. A parrying uh, attack was a risk-reward system. The risk was, instead of blocking, you had to tap forward towards your opponent like basically leading into it leaning like doubling into it. down on and it. if you if your timing was right you could parry it and the reward was you got an extra bonus to do a combo on them okay the the the, the risk was you're leaning into it and you just get punched in the face oh yeah so they they street fighter 4 kind of did that with the um focus attack which i really liked but because every character had that, but oh, then Street yeah, Fighter, that, that, that weird like attack where you kind of had like a black trail behind. Yeah, you. and you can kind of like go through attacks, and you can like you can cancel it out and do other stuff. And um, and then in five they got rid of it, and like Ryu and like maybe two others like had a variation of the pair. Oh, that's why it's universal because now everyone can do it again. And now they're bringing it to everybody, and they they revamped the whole like uh, gauge system. So like you can do an EX move, but it doesn't take away your super. It takes away like this other gauge. And the only way to get gauge back is to parry successfully. So if you want to to optimize your combos, you have to play like really strong defense. I think it's super cool. It should be interesting to see how it plays out though, because it sounds like a major change in how the gameplay shift would work. And they're bringing in a, there's like an open world tour mode. That's what I'm interested in. Looks kind of weird, but then at the same time, like the last time they had like a world tour, like RPG style thing was Alpha Alpha 3 3. on the PlayStation. And that's why I bought Alpha 3. Yeah, I was watching a thing from uh, Maximilian, who's like a, Old, old, old Street Fighter head, and he was like, the last time I saw this was Alpha 3. We got to play Alpha 3 next time. And I was like, yes. Yes, because, I mean, that's why I bought the game, and that's also why I never sold it. And I love the style. I think that I think it looks really cool. They're trying to make it more like street. You know, everything's like actually in a street fight. <laughs> and the cops never show up. No, 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 of course not. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm kind of excited about that again. It's good. If it's a PS5 only game, then I'm not going to play it for a long time because I am not buying a new system for a while. Don't it's it's going to take a... a and then even then, I'd, I'd have stakes. I'd have to get an adapter or a new stick. And uh, why would you need an adapter? It probably uses oh. you could probably use PS4 controllers on it. Well, I'm using PS3 sticks. Oh yeah, you're screwed. So and I, and yeah, so I would probably need a uh, an adapter to do that. So I like my stick. It's it's the original tournament edition when Street Fighter 4 came out mm-hmm. that I bought at that at that tournament 
summer summer jam or whatever it was like ages ago is that game junkie oh no 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 it was one of big ed's tournaments um it was not winter brawl the summer one okay yeah now i'm on board yeah and it was it was fun and I stayed there all day, and I played great casual games. I got to see Justin Wong play a money match against some guy, uh, New York uh, NYC Chris. And um, I wish his name was New York Slice. And then I got into pools, and it was so crowded, I never heard my name. And then when I asked about myself, they said, we called your name. You're disqualified. Oh, darn. So you didn't even get a chance to compete. Nope. I was there all day. <laughs> oh, that sucks. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like the only able player. So you didn't get to show off the able. Did not. Did not. Probably wouldn't have done that one anyway. But that's that's right. He would have stayed. He, maybe if he was able, he would have been in Street Fighter Five. It was a strong, strong um, uh, set of players there. I mean, I think Justin took that that day. But oh, as he, he should. Takes that a lot. guy is a beast. He's very, very good. Anyway, Never forget that. Like I oh, got, I actually put him into a tournament. That's one last thing I want to tell. I remember. Yeah. Being, how long ago was this? That this, was, this was ages ago, like two thousand four. Two thousand four Magfest. Yeah, it was like a or, tournament that was running for. Or Mid Atlantic Gaming. Yeah, way back was Mid Atlantic Gaming at the time, but uh, he eventually was there hanging out. He was there for tournaments and games he was familiar with, and also he was there with his like his, like, his crew that he ran with at the time. And a tournament was popping off for a game he had never played before, and we were looking for more people to do it. I was like, Justin can do it. And he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, you want to be, you, come on, you got nothing going on. You're in this tournament. And he's like, I've never played the game before. I'm like, well, that's why you're going to win. So just go. Have fun with it. And, of course, yeah, he dusted everybody. Like, it was ridiculous. You put a ringer in there, man. He'd never played the game before. It was almost hilarious. It was just me seeing. He's got natural talent. Yeah, and yeah. I wanted to see if natural talent could carry across fighting games. And the answer is yes. And the answer is resoundingly yes. <laughs> <laughs> that guy knows his stuff. All right, so I chose from games that I'm looking forward to playing this summer, um, mostly, <laughs> and games that have been released recently. Whereas I did some of it. Some of that. Yeah, this is, so this is I, kind of a free, free, freebie topic for us. Oh, of course. Yeah. Like, I did that, and I also picked general summary things. Like, I combined the two. Yeah. Oh, my bonus round track is a summer jam. Oh. Absolute summer jam. Is it Will Smith? It's Summertime by Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> Jazzy Juice. <laughs> Jazzy Juice. Um, but this is an even-numbered episode, so I'm going to kick things off. Also, all my tracks are super chill. Very, very chill. The first track I'm playing is from the game Tunic. Oh. Really want to play Tunic. It's um, I only own a PlayStation 4. It won't be on the PlayStation 4 until, like, September. So end of summer, but it's still true. summer. It still counts, but that means you have to actually play it before summer ends. Not beat it. You got to play it before summer ends. I have to? That goes with the claim. You got to play it. I could do that. All right. So the I, I got really interested because I didn't know. I didn't know, or maybe I forgot, that on the soundtrack is Life Formed, who did the music to Dust Force. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I well, guess it makes sense because it has that, that style of aura, that aura, yeah, that aural vibe. Really, really does. So Life Formed, uh, name is Terrence Lee, and someone named Janice Kwan worked together on the whole soundtrack, and it's gorgeous. So we're going to listen to the first track. It's called Tafar Shores from the game Tunic.
You're listening to the track To Far Shores from the game Tunic, composed by Life Formed, Terrence Lee, and Janice Kwan. And oh, I fell in love with the soundtrack today, so much so that I am not reading anything else about this game. I wanna be I wanna go in as cold as possible, like two to three months from now. There's one thing worth telling you though. Um, it's, not, it's not a spoiler. That, it's great. It's fun. Well, and aside I'm from gonna enjoy it, and it's aside from <laughs> all of that stuff, it's the, <laughs> it's how the manual works. Because I think uh, the manual is just like a really cool thing about the game, hmm. and listeners might be interested in hearing it too. Which is that, uh, so obviously games don't generally come with manuals, especially not digital ones. Oh yeah. Uh, but the way this game works is you actually find pages of the game's manual inside the game, telling you how things work. However, the manual is in a foreign language, like mm. in-game foreign language. So you'll see like a picture of him like throwing an object and it'll have details of like, this is how you do it. And you might even sometimes see like a button representing what you do mm. to throw, but, you can't, but you can't read it. I like that. So it's more like pictures, like pictorial, like you figure it out as you go. And over time though, you do learn the language enough oh. to be able to read the pages. Cause I believe some of the puzzles later will require you to be able to read enough to get it out of the manual. Oh, okay, yeah. That's very much like Fez. Yeah, Fez I had to learn like a whole language to get some of the puzzles where I'm like, wait a minute, I thought that was just a bunch of random blocks on the ground. And it's like, no, no. It's, it's actually a math equation. Those are puzzles. Those yes, are the so. kinds of puzzles I like. I will admit they can sting at times when you're like, like I envi- wasn't paying attention hours later. Yeah, exactly, the environmental puzzles. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if, you, if you're if you on board with it the whole way through, though, or that the game can at least give you a cue, like at least go back to this region yeah. and find it, then it's like, no, I'm all in. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited for this one. Um, so I'm trying to stay away from information about it. <laughs> it's probably I, I can do it. I know I can do it, but but this will be this will be. I'm really looking forward to playing through this one. Right, really, really looking forward to it. Well, in that case, I look forward to hearing what you have to say about it when you get there. Eventually, it's good. So I won't be till September. Won't be till September for now. Well, I mean, my, my I mean, way my time is working. It'll t- September's tomorrow. September. Yeah. It, yeah. Exactly. Time is moving so fast. <laughs> At our right age, now. it goes so fast. <laughs> But like, but this is beautiful. I, it's got that life, it's got the life form sound with all of like those fun like arpeggiated synths like like flying back and forth. Um, but there's like some kind of there's like a wind instrument back there. There's like a flute, and there's a there's a lot of, yeah a lot of extra um, piano. So I think that is the influence of maybe the other composer uh, Janus Kwan, mm-hmm. and it works really well together. And there's no heavy like beats in this game. There's no like. It's all melodic. Yeah, it's all very melodic. Yeah, which is which it, is good because you're going to die a lot. I, I bet I will. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just beautiful. It's just a beautiful, beautiful track. I love Life Form. And I love the work that he's put together. So. Which is a good track for me to ask you this question. Yeah. That the wise guy's been tossing around. Yeah, let's get into this. So so you were telling me about this on the break. So the wise guy has gotten into the habit of creating polls, asking questions, basically choosing the worst of a group. But the problem being that the group is all good things, which makes you dig a little deeper, right? No, no ability to just choose like the easy worst, you know, dog to kick around like the the kicking tool or whatever. So, in this instance, the question is, which of these games would you consider to be the worst on the PlayStation One? Specifically, that. Now, the game options are Final Fantasy VII, Metal Gear Solid, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Ooh. Metal Gear Solid, Symphony of the Night. What else was there again? The first Final one? Final Fantasy VII. Oh, Metal. Oh, 
I really like Metal Gear. Final Fantasy VII. Hey, I chose that too. Go yeah. figure. And like the thing about it is like people were like, how could you choose Final Fantasy VII? Though I had a couple people that did. I, I, my my thought is my thoughts are Final Fantasy VII is fantastic. One of the first like 3D RPGs, groundbreaking, right? Uh huh. But Metal Gear Solid, that is like that is like an outstanding adventure game. I feel like really revolutionized the genre where like Final Fantasy it was in 3D but it was still just an RPG JRPG and then Castlevania Symphony of the Night it brought back like platform side scrolling with exploration like Metroid and like created its own genre and that's honestly kind of why yeah. where I came at it from too which was essentially both like, Metal Gear Solid but it's so hard because they're all awesome oh yeah but that's <laughs> yeah. why you have to have these like you everyone has their own methodology yeah. behind this and mine was pretty much the same thing it was Metal Gear Solid and Castlevania Safety Night essentially pioneered their own genres, which have been being utilized to this very day. I've heard people make statements like, well, yeah, but now there's a better version of Metal Gear. So I was like, that's not the question we're asking. We're asking what was the best or what's the worst at the time. So like, like Metal Gear Solid 1, yeah, there were some dumb puzzles in it that I didn't like. But all at the grand scheme of things... It, it, it was a revolutionary experience that I had. Playing through that game and experiencing yeah. it as I did felt fantastic. I can't say I can't say if historically if Metal Gear Solid was more ambitious than Final Fantasy VII, but to me as a player, it felt like it didn't feel like anything else I've done before. Yeah, and, and that's I think that's that, the, it was a cinematic in a way that was like that wasn't just watching cutscenes. And I think yeah. that's the crux of it because they're both they were both ambitious games. Mm. One being more so monetarily, and the other being thematically um, and gameplay wise too. Uh, so in that regard, yes. But Final Fantasy VII, to me, despite the fact that is the reason why we get more RPGs now okay, 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 in the so. states, it was at yeah. the core, like you said, a JRPG with a bigger budget. Right, here we go. Here we go. Other side of the coin. Of the three, you picked the lowest one. Uh huh. For whatever reason, I picked the highest one. Castlevania. Yes, my buddy. No, there was no <laughs> way it was going to be Metal Gear Solid. As much as I love the game, it was not going to be that comparatively. Yeah. Uh, I've played through Symphony of the Night so many times. I actually found my old save file with 198 <coughs> percent of the castle filled in um, on my memory card, whereas a couple others have died. That one lives on from 1997. Wow. So wow. Or sorry, 1998. Um, so I'm good for that. I'm good for that. Hmm. All right, so let's get into um, your first track then. All right, so my first track is going to not be from the summer choices so much as the summer games choices because I was inspired to not necessarily just play all brand new games or games on newer systems during the summer games challenge. So I dug deep. I dug up my old PS2 and a couple of other systems, which I'll get to later, Um and the game that I chose, which I started playing again last night, actually, is the game Alundra for the PlayStation 1. Oh, yeah. I saw you posted some pictures of that. It was like 3 in the morning, and you're like, I'm playing Alundra. I'm playing Alundra, which is why I'm sleepy right now. Um, this track title is called Village of Inoa, and it's composed by Kohei Tanaka.
this music for now. I am in love with this so much. Cause this, uh, <laughs> it's that. I mean, that's a good part, but the, the bass is. Do, 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 do. Uh, like it, it's oh, just a good track. It's such a good track for now. <laughs> I, I have we played any Alundra on the show? I don't think we. I can't I, think we I have. have. I've definitely played one track from this game at mm-hmm. least. Uh, I don't recall where, but I know I've played a track. Not the maybe the nightmare theme. Um, I'll have to look it up like on the next break. But I want to say it was probably the nightmare theme. But I've definitely Ooh. talked this game up, talk about this game on the show before. But to do the reiteration tidbit, this is from the game Alundra. The t- track title is called Village of Inoa or Inoa. Composed by Kohei Tanaka on the PlayStation One. Unfortunately, it's never gotten a port to my knowledge. So the PS One is where it stays. Uh, as a person who loved Landstalker back in the day, when I learned that this game was coming out, but it was also back before you know internet news and all that, I just kind of stumbled across the realization that this game was a thing that was at the store. I was like, oh, I'm buying that. It looks a lot like Landstalker, mm. and it. It's, like an isometric it, style, like dungeon like crawler. Not, not isometric. It's like more like a Zelda style, like left to right, up to top, uh, up down, left right. Mm-hmm. But you got you jump and stuff on top of objects. Uh, but it's um, just like Landstalker, a very brutal game. You play as an adventurer named Alundra who goes to this island because of a premonition that calls you there, and you learn there that you are what's known as a dreamwalker. You can go into people's dreams and rescue them from afflictions that are attacking them in their sleep a la like the Freddy Krueger type of concept so you're exploring the, the actual island you're on you're also going to the dreams of the villagers in the in the town village of Inoa mm. and the thing that makes this game especially impactful is the fact that despite the fact that you're a hero and you're doing your best things get pretty rocky like this this track starts to become a very depressing theme oh, as you play it's so good it's so jazzy and Right there, not even like the huh part. That that little like that keyboard drag. Here it comes. Yeah, those chords are so nice. They're so so nice. Like it's almost like a guitar strum on on the on the keyboard. I love it. It's so so good. It's so jazzy. Um, I really want more of this music. Well, <laughs> you, should, you should give it. Well, obviously you should give it a try. Yeah, I realize uh, it'll probably be a hard thing to locate at yeah, this point. Yeah, it's gonna be tough to find. But wow, 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 wow! I'm loving. And even the um on the loop, it kind of like builds and builds and builds. I wasn't expecting that to happen. And the funny thing is, like, it kicked in more for me when I started playing it again because, like, I knew the track from mm-hmm. back in the day. I remembered it. But it didn't resonate again until I heard it in the game. And I'm like, oh, I like listening to this running around the town trying to buy, you know, a life vessel or talk to this character or find the house that contains the fortune teller. Like, it's it's a good village track. It's a really good village yeah. track. The entire OST of this game is a gem, though. Yeah. Well, this is this is, this is is really, really good. And then they made a Lundra 2. And there's something wrong there? Something it's wrong? not a bad game, but it shouldn't have been a Lundra 2. It should have been <laughs> something else. Like, just called it something else. They just called it something else. Like I don't even know why they called it a Lundra. Is it the two. same developer as Landstalker? Do you know? Uh, Climax? I don't think it is. Uh, yeah, I don't think yeah. Landstalker was. Um, Landstalker was definitely Climax. Okay. I'll double check myself. Yeah, we'll, check. we'll check later. We won't do it now. All right. So my next track is another chill, chill track. It's unfortunately it's only on Switch right now, um, but I really want to play. Time it. to buy a Switch. I know. I'm thinking about it. Um, it's called my uh, Cloud Gardens. It's a puzzle game on the Switch. Um, if it's not out now, it'll be out soon. This track is called Mycelium. It's a it's a environmental puzzle game where you're sort of 
moving around cities and kind of taking it over with wildlife. And it looks gorgeous. So we're going to listen to the track called Mycelium, which is something I'm very passionate about. And this track is uh, composed by Amos Roddy and M. Robertson. This is the track Mycelium from the game Cloud Gardens, composed by Amos Roddy and M. Robertson. It's available on Steam, right? Yes, yeah. it is on Steam. And coming to the Switch. And it looks like a fun, relaxing puzzle game. I was trying to make sense of it from the announcement trailer just now, and all I gathered, it reminded me of an environment manipulating game similar to how Wetrix worked, how you had to put things down into a closed space yeah. and those things caused the environment to have make changes to it. Right, you're building up hills to capture the water and not have the water overflow or go too deep, yeah. But, but in this game, there was like a sequence where the guy put like a, a old subway train down and like some old teddy bears. Yeah. And I was like, what is the purpose? It's like, what are you doing by placing these things here? But I think yeah, every stage might have like its own like specific goals or maybe you maybe you unravel what the goals should be as you play through the environments. And it looks really, really neat, which I'm really excited about. And this kind of like soundtrack is, I think I was just in the mood for something like this today. There's something to be said for stylistic puzzlers these days that even if they don't do anything particularly wild or crazy, the style carries them a long way. Mm. Not saying that that's what this game is, because again, I don't know. I'm one, I want to know more. Yeah. Um, but there's a game I came across recently called Pedestrian, which is um, I'm playing on Xbox. It's a Game Pass game, mm -hmm. and it takes place across a variety of street signs. Like <laughs> you are one. I was like, you know, I was, I was cautious. I was like, wet floor, and there's a guy like sliding on the floor about to trip the stick figure man. You're controlling a stick figure person and you're navigating through a bunch of street signs 
Like you go from one street sign to the next, you'll like kind of like traverse to the next one. Oh yeah, it's weird to describe, <laughs> but each street sign is essentially a platform puzzle that you have to navigate in order to get to the next one. That sounds cool though. I really like that idea. Yeah, and that's just it. Like at its surface, it's nothing new, but the <laughs> visuals coupled with the like of the coupled with the gameplay makes it especially special. And I am a big fan of it. It's uh, and as there's some areas where like there's multiple street signs side by side, and you have to manipulate them in a way. Say you go down from one street sign, you go to you go down one, and you come out the top of another. Oh, neat! And it's based on where you place the signs oh, on the screen. I like that. I like that a lot. It's a good. Now I said that I am I'm passionate about mycelium because I think it's a it's just a fascinating piece of like nature, and it's just it's been everywhere millions billions of years before we were around mm-hmm. and um and it'll be here even after we're gone and it's so beneficial to us it's so so beneficial to us um so i take i take mushroom pills every day oh yeah i'm not a fan of eating mushrooms like color and, and, and not not usually but i like roasted mushrooms a lot i say i feel like you and my friend rich richardson got me into the ability to consume mushrooms like mm-hmm. the first one day i was hanging out at his house like staying over and for breakfast he was like hey i'm making breakfast i was like okay great i like free food and he's like here's this giant mushroom i cooked i'm like oh god mushrooms are disgusting but there's a rule where if someone serves you food, you gotta eat it, unless it's poisoned, obviously. <laughs> In which case, you're allowed to question it and then eat it. Um, but you have to eat it. So I'm sitting there like, I'm not, I don't like mushrooms, but he made this mushroom, I gotta eat it. So I'm sitting here like, knife and fork, like, mm, mm, mm. the first fork falls, like, I don't know how I feel about this. The second one, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> This is kind of okay. Like, yeah. what was I so afraid of? Like, this tastes fine. And then sautéed mushrooms, which I had afterwards, changed everything. <laughs> sautéed mushrooms are amazing. Yeah, but just yeah, but, but and there's so many, so many different kinds. And, and in nature, they're out there uh, um, communicating with each other, and they're helping all the trees around them, and um, um, they absorb and they are able to process like all of this disease managing mushroom kingdoms and, yeah and so we take that we can take that and consume that and that can help us fight off other diseases and things like that so it's really really good for us um, I think mushrooms are awesome but right now there's some other things that we love and that's cardboard right cardboard and mushrooms and plastic and 3d printed um, pieces that we can put in boxes on our shelves 3d printed mushrooms yeah so Purnell is ta time for Purnell's part of the show Oh, board game beats. Yeah, what do you think I was talking about? I'm not really sure. <laughs> not really sure. So, on this episode of Board Game Beats, uh, I was submit. I was provided a review copy of a game from Bazir Games called Maglav Metro. It is designed by Ted Auspach. I haven't played much of the ga- other games he's done aside from Suburbia, but what I can tell you off the bat, before even describing the game proper, is that this bad boy is authentically good. Like, I had a lot of fun playing it. So, Rob has... I have to get this to the table to play with Rob at some point soon, but after how I played it and how he's going to hear about it right now, I think he's going to be really excited to get a, give it a shot himself. You think I, I won't be? No, I think you will be. Yeah, I, I am right now. So I'm super... I'm, I want to. So, <laughs> so the idea of this game, to my recollection, is that it takes place in, a, in like a future city, and you are operating a magnetic levitation rail train. So the game situation is that you get a train car. 
The train car, by design, is meant to travel from station to station, transporting people from each station to the station they want to go to. However, at the beginning of the game, there's a number of stations, a number of people that want to go to those, you need to get picked up from those stations, and no train track, just a starting position. So, each player is given these hexagonal tiles that are translucent. Solid translucent tiles. So just yeah. side note there, the components in this game are really cool. So that reminds me a little bit of Mystic Veil, vale, where you have the cards that are translucent, and they can sort of like layer on top of each other. Which is good that you said, because that's exactly what you want to do with them in this game, too. When you're taking a turn, you're able to place tracks down onto the board. And you can't block other players out because the tiles are designed in a way that they're translucent and they take up a slightly different position on the board than the previous guy's color or top track does. So if you place one tile on top of another, it creates two different tracks in the same space. So both players can technically traverse the board. Hmm. Now, the strategy behind this game and what makes it a board game is that, like I said before, you're trying to transport people from point A to point B on this map. And as you expand further out, more people show up on the board. You start placing new facilities down that create new passenger types and whatnot. But your train has a certain capacity of function. So there are a number of stats to the train, such as you know number of tracks tiles you can place mm-hmm. down, number of people you can pick up, number of people you can drop off, um, the number of tiles you can move when your tra- or stations you can move to when your train is functional, the ability to turn your train around. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess uh, as a train, you can't exactly just pick it up off the track and flip it. <laughs> exactly. you got to actually take, spend a resource to do it. Now, the resource in this game are androids. Because in addition to eventual commuters, you're also transporting worker androids around. Once you transport a worker android from one place it wants to go to another, it becomes a part of your tableau. And you can place that worker in an appropriate space in your tableau to expand upon your train's functionality. The beginning of the game you might be like you can move like one space but with two workers you can now move three spaces which becomes nice you might be able to pick up three passengers but only drop off one pretty crappy as far as efficiency is concerned right but once you start moving more people around now you're able to transport three and drop off three and the more you pick up and drop off the better you do mm. now as you eventually get to the game one of the functions you can have is something called building a station which means you decide that if you're able to unlock it by placing the right workers on your board, you can create new stations that aren't currently in existence on the game, like a studio or a store or uh, like an office place. And when you put those buildings, facilities, those locations down, a whole new set of people come into the you know, the pool of people that can be asked to transport around, mm-hmm. and they're considered commuters. So it's a bag that you're pulling all these people from, and when you're loading the stations, it's like, dump them. Okay, I got two workers two androids and a civilian that are all here. They want to go to their respective places. And they have nowadays new places you can pick up people and transport them out to. And those people allow you to build up a tableau to get extra victory points, mm. unlock new extra turns so you can take more turns instead of the initial default two. So you're expanding your, the more turns you can take, the more functionality your turns can have and the ability to score additional victory points at the end of the game. Mm. It's, so, so what, is there player conflict in that you're racing for better score, or are you like kind of getting in each other's way with the trains? Well, not so much in the way or of the trains. Are you fighting for space on the board? You're fighting for people and access to the location. Okay, so the, the people 
it's not just your own. Like you're fighting for the people that is a finite resource. Exactly. Oh, so if there's like a station that. that has two purple people, and of the four players, only poo- only two people have the ability to transport purple commuters, because you have to unlock the ability to transport commuters. Yeah. So if only two people out of the four can transport them, you're likely trying to fight to get to those people to transport them before the other guy can, because you might need them to fill out your specific area of your tableau board that that guy mm. might also need. So the person who gets to them first gets to transport them first and unlock aspects of their board ah, the other person okay. can't. So that's cool. So you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're fighting for that, and you're kind of racing towards that. And then is the game over at a specific condition, or is it like over so many rounds? After every person has been transported to ah, a location. I was going to say, that's probably about right. That sounds cool. It's a really, really good game. And like I mentioned before, the components in this thing are top-notch. The tiles that represent the different stations are thick wooden tiles. So they're sturdy, and they start, they are inserted into the board. Um, the commuters are little meeple people, mm-hmm. like Android and commuter-style meeple people yeah. of different colors. They're pretty solid. The bag that you put them all in, nice fabric bag. The board is a dense, thick um, cardboard as yeah, well. That that's can, box is heavy. That box is heavy. And usually like when a box is heavy, it's like full of like really like it's usually like a ton of cards. Mm-hmm. But this one's just components. Yes. Yeah. Really good components. Um, where can people find this? So Bazir Games, you can usually buy it directly from their website. Um, I believe it's just literally www.bazirgames.com. Typically your classic board game retailers might carry it too, but if you don't know of any particularly in your neighborhood, you could always hit up websites like Cool Stuff Inc. or Miniature Market and they would carry this game for sure. Or of course, last case scenario, Amazon can do it too. But yeah. hit a board game shop before you go to Amazon. Yeah, if you what, can. what's what's the uh, your friendly local? Oh, FLGS, your friendly local game shop. Yeah, FLGS. I always do my utmost best to give money to one of those guys before I go to like a big yeah. box store because, quite frankly, oh yeah, that's... it's a hobby, and I feel personally that if, a, if there's a if there's a board game shop in a town. It's in its own way enriching the community in some way. Yeah, and they're probably also struggling. So, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that yeah, very cool. And we'll also have links to information about the game, um, maybe videos of the gameplay, and where you can buy the game on, our, on the website, in the, in, the, in the website page for this episode. Yes. So you can check that out there. Such a good game. So I- your, uh, it's your next track pick. Oh, unfortunately, this track is not from the game Maglev Metro, which I need to feel like I do it. <laughs> but one you, you can listen to it while you play the game. This is true. <laughs> I need to start coming up with OSTs to play while board gaming, like specifically. <laughs> um, but this track comes from another game that I intend to actually finish this summer if I can help it. Um, this comes from the game Chris Tales, and the track title is called The General's Last Stand, and is composed by Tyson Wernley.
welcome back. You are listening to The General's Last Stand from the game Chris Tales, which is on pretty much the Switch, PS4, and Xbox One, composed by Tyson Wernley. Uh, this track is a freaking bop. I've been listening to it intermittently for the last few months now. It's really good. It's really, really There's a lot of pieces to it, which is awesome. I always like that a lot. Yes. Like, yeah. don't be shocked if you hear this game come up on the show in future episodes, too. Mm. Most notably at the end of summer, after I hopefully beat the game. Uh, I started playing it a bit last year and then got sidetracked by everything. But uh, the game itself is honestly really nice. The premise, though I'm going to get this wrong, is that you play as a girl named Chris Bell who discovers unexpectedly one day that she's actually a time mage, which is a rare type of magician in the world she lives in with the ability to manipulate time, uh, which comes into handy because the main adversary of the game's world is an actual time witch of extreme power mm. who's coming into form, and she's causing a lot of problems for society. And your ultimate goal is to stop her while also learning about Chris Bell's history and where she comes from. Is this like a uh, like an action platformer? Or? No, it's an RPG. It's an RPG, okay. So what ends up happening is while you're moving around, it's, it can be a little disorienting if you're not used to it, but the game takes place in the past, the present, and the future. And you can see all three of them at the exact same time, hmm. all the time. So the game, as you're walking, kind of has like a, like a tear in it. So you can see, like, on one half of the screen is the past, the other side is the future, and you're running in the middle. And with the press of a button, you can leap into one of them to go directly into the past and manipulate it as it is back then, or go to the future and manipulate it there and manipulate, work with the world as is in that period of time. And it's a very, it sounds weird, but it actually works in execution. And then the battles are even stranger, because while you're fighting enemies, you fight generally in the middle of the screen, and you can have enemies on your left and your right. And one of the main characters' actions, because those are the party members, but only mm. this is something only Chris Bell can do. She has something called time crystals, and she can actively choose to throw a character on the one side of the screen to the past and the other character to the future. Mm. So let's say you're fighting a soldier, right? Right. Like a 35-year-old soldier. I don't tell you the age, but I'm just throwing it out. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, screw this. I don't want to deal with this guy like this. I want to throw him into the future. So you use a time crystal. You jump him into the future, and now you're fighting his future self as a 75-year-old soldier, <laughs> and his stats change to reflect his age. Oh, so like wow. old, oh. as he's older, his defense goes down, but his attack power somehow goes up. Interesting. So you don't, you're not flinging him into the future. You're just change, you're, you're like kind of changing the, the, the time, time around him. Yes. Oh. And it's interesting because it works with some of the character's abilities, too. Like, for example, you could drop a poisonous seed on the ground, flip it to the future, and now the seed has grown into a poisonous plant. And it affects the enemies. Or oh, you can poison an enemy in the past, shut him in the future, and he takes on a blunt, a, a, a bulk of poison damage simultaneously. It's like it all builds up. Oh, cool. So there's a lot of like, like combinations and like combo like actions you can take. Mm-hmm. Um, so you started this one? or you're, you're th- I started. I think a lot of the games that's going to happen this summer are probably games. I, I mean, there may be one or two that I start from scratch. But for the most part, I've started all of them. But now it's like now's the time to focus. Yeah, yeah, and that finish makes, them. That makes sense, right? Like the ones that you've really like, the ones that you probably remember the most. You want to go back to and just keep playing them. Yes, because yeah, for yeah. those who are probably listening, it's like, but that doesn't make sense. The whole point of the challenge is to play new stuff. Like, well, my backlog is a little different. I 
I can say without a doubt, with any given year, I start at least 100 new video games yeah. every single year. Oh, this is a challenge. I forgot we're doing a challenge. Well, it's a fun challenge. Like it's not about you know beating anybody else. It's about. It's well, about I was just kicking off my summer. Oh, I'm doing both. I'm doing both. <laughs> my next two tracks are actually related to summer feelings. Oh, okay, cool. But uh, it's the idea of like I like feeling like. I can give myself an excuse to go back and play a game that got left back in time by new releases and new reviews or whatever. Yeah. And those games, which is also why I feel like at the end of the day, there's like a cream of the crop in that. Like we were talking about earlier about the, what are these three games the worst, right? I can like 10 games, but only certain ones are going to make me go, I'm going back You're to going that. Back. That's right. Yeah. I'm going back to this that. This is your opportunity to be like, to take Prunel back into the past. That's right. Pick the ones you want to finish and put it back into the future. That's right. You can enrich that future <laughs> yeah. with games that I can play in the <laughs> present from the past. All right. So my last track comes from an old game and from the past. <laughs> um, and I've, I've been back into shooters again, like pretty hardcore. I've been playing all the Capcom ones on the PS4 uh, Capcom collection. And there's another collection coming out, which I'm excited about. What, another Capcom Arcade collection? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to have a bunch of new stuff on it. Is it being referred to specifically as like the Arcade Collection 2? Yeah, like whatever whatever the last one was called, Part 2. Oh, cool. Um, So there's a lot of good stuff on there. It's missing a lot of like stuff that people I think really, really want, but are just not going to come out because of licensing issues like uh, Alien vs. Predator and things like that. They should just give it a reskin, like Jim and <laughs> Jim versus Clark or something. Like yeah, but there's a lot of great Capcom uh, shooters, and um, one the one shooter that I really really love, and that I can't play unless um, I get a region free or, or go to like I have to get like I have to get Yen somehow to play, and then and then start and then open up a user in Japanese. On my PlayStation Wait, did 4. Did you import the system or no. import the game I'm in? Yeah, that's the only way to get this game, which is Dudan Pachi Dio Jiao. Oh, okay. Um, which I love. It's like probably my favorite shooter right now. And I can only play it on MAME, <laughs> which is super annoying. Well, I mean, you could, I mean, the system's region free, right? So if you could just, just get a physical disc. Yeah, I'd have to get the disc. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but what if I don't want a disc? Yeah, look. <laughs> So uh, on the on the Xbox 360, I um, got a disc for Mushihime-sama, uh, that shooter, and then immediately, like, never played it. <laughs> so I can definitely tell you on my PlayStation and my Switch, I have an American account, I have a European account, mm-hmm. and I think in one system I have an Australian account. Oh wow, yeah. So I'll need to do like a Japanese account, and I can I can buy from their store, but I have to go to like Play Asia and like get like bucks from them or yen from them to conversion so mm. I can buy the game. Um, but uh, for right now, I got a, I got a little computer with MAME on it. I'm cool with that. <laughs> I have a specific build of MAME that's just for um, cave shooters. So this is um, from Cave. It's Dudan Pachi Dio Job. We're going to listen to the, the soundtrack from the Black Label Extra um, version, which is, of course, it's just you know more stages and you know arranged music and harder harder enemies. So this is Stage 3, Strange Dance by Manabu Namiki.
You're listening to Stage 3, Strange Dance from the game Dudan Pachi Dio Jao Black Label Extra, composed by Manabu Namiki. What a title! Yeah, right. Um, I thought, I'm not sure what Dio Jao means, but Dudan Pachi is um, it's the sequel to Dudan. Don't. I think no, no, I think it's Dampachi or Dudan. I, I forget. It's supposed to be like Anamanapia for shooting a gun. It's one of the earlier, one of the earliest uh, cave uh, bullet hell shooters. The thing about it, like, super whenever, solid. I love it. Whenever I hear the title, it is I think about something that is absolutely not. Like it seems like it would be some kind of weird, colorful game with like, <laughs> like happy characters you're shooting around with, or whatever, mushroom pillars and the like. No, nah, this is a hard. This is a typical military vehicle spaceship yeah. game. But Dodonpachi Dio Jiao, you said. But did yeah. I name the second part? Just Dodonpachi. Dodonpachi. Dodonpachi sounds like it's more fun. It does more sound lively. Fun. Yeah. Then you add Dio Jiao, and you're like, okay, what's going? On? Then you add Black Label Extreme. <laughs> Grim over here, or Black Label Extra. Yeah. The um, I don't know. Like it, it is like the typical like yeah military space ship fighting thing, but like of that kind of style, like it's my favorite. I love the way it looks. I love the way it plays. Um, I love any of the cave shooters where if you hold down the the shoot button, like like the ship slows down. Yeah, I prefer you, those. And you can and you can see a focus shot, and you can see where you can see where your highlights where your um hit hit boxes. Oh, that I'm not used to. I thought you were just saying you slow down when you hold the button, so like you have to balance between shooting and and resting. Yeah, well, I mean, like it slows down. It doesn't slow down the game. It slows down. Not me showing your ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is cool, but it slows down your ship, and um a little light pops up in the middle of your ship, and that's your hitbox. Yeah, I, like and, yeah, I really, really like that. I just and it's also um, a combo system where you have to like kind of keep things blowing up all the time. Yeah, um, and I really, so it's a, so it's a scoring system that's easy to figure out. And that's all these games are all like all about score. There's something it's wild about the fun. fact that shmups still maintain their level of fun. Like even now, you'll get a bunch of new releases, and it's like, so what can your ship do? Well, you can fire a bullet. Yep, you can use a bomb, <laughs> and that's all you can do. That's right. If there's if there's like a new one, right, that had too many buttons and too many options, I probably wouldn't be as interested. See, that's the thing. I'm almost a little different. Like, I'm I don't like, need a ton of options, but what I like, and I feel like Caladri's Blaze did a good job with her. Caladri's Burst always screwed the dog. Yeah, they had, they had a lot of things. And, and you had three weapons, and yeah. rather than have to be like, okay, my ship can do this, or my ship can do this, like, no, each ship has three guns, and you use them. Within reason, because two of them have like an energy level or whatever. But essentially, you choose the time to use these aspects of your ship. So it gives you a bit of variety or variability to how you would play the game, as opposed to just like I can shoot and I can bomb, and that's it. Yeah, I know, and it's two buttons essentially. It's and that's all you need. Yeah, like, which is nice. I feel like giving you a little bit more variety in what your ship can do gives each player a sense of feeling like okay. I can strategize through this level in a way that the other player wouldn't. Like, I play this area differently from you versus we all shoot, we all boom. Yeah, I think um, I, th- I think that individuality is overrated. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's not that I, like, I want it to be, like, pure. It's just that I think for me and my old man brain, I can't, like, as soon as I have all those extra options, I get stuck. But then in that regard, couldn't you just be the person where it's like, okay, I don't really feel like dealing with a bunch of different guns. So when I play the game, I'm just going to use the main shot. And that's what I did when I played with you. And um, I didn't do as well. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. All right, um, we're on to your last track. All right, so this is me moving more, uh, moving away from the Summer Games Challenge and moving more towards just the vibe of summer. Uh, so 
One thing that I was contemplating, though I don't know if it's going to happen because my other friends don't particularly have a need for this like I was considering it, was getting back into adult sports leaguing to antics. And one particular game that I really enjoy from adult sports was dodgeball. There's something <laughs> to be said about being able to take a hard day at work mm-hmm. and going to a gym with a bunch of other grown adults and saying, I'm going to knock your head off with this ball, and you're doing the same thing to me, and we're all having a good time trying to knock each other out with these inflatable balls or whatever. And then I don't know how to explain. Like, it, it gets your adrenaline up in a way yeah. that feels great. I'd be terrified to break my glasses, honestly. Oh, I was. Yeah. Oh, I was. But then a couple times I asked him to just play without my glasses, and that was a whole other game. <laughs> oh, man, I would... I would have a hard time with that. Oh, my <laughs> God. That blurry image is throwing that blurry thing at me. <laughs> I better dodge. Um, but this track comes from the game Dodgeball Academia. This is the Battle 2 theme composed by Leonardo Lima. back you're listening to battle theme 2 from the game dodgeball academia from composer leonardo lima or lima i don't uh so this game well i'll talk about the game in a second but like the sound the track itself 100 percent gives me like outdoor happy-go-lucky energetic <laughs> vibes you know it makes me feel like going outside and engaging in some antics of some sort yeah the game looks like a cartoon network like show yeah they were 100 percent going for that like, like little kids running around these big heads and big eyes are so cute they were totally going for the whole idea of like a anime plot line and honestly going down the letters totally an anime plot line mm-hmm. but that's fine because i didn't i didn't come here for originality i came here for fun and the game definitely produces that 
So, without going specifics, I'm going to be wrong about that. I'm pretty sure I'm going to miss some beat, but it takes place at a school devoted to dodgeball experts. And it's a very special school in the sense that in this world, there's a special dodgeball energy that for those who are chosen, they are able to tap into it and they gain access to like their own ultimate dodgeball move. And all the kids go to the school and they ultimately hope to obtain that. Like it's part of the opening <laughs> ceremony in fact of the school. So like like they're the, the the best dodgeball players like in the world or or they're going to be or the, and they go to the school and they to attain the the ultimate dodgeball throw. They they all have one unique to their own. Like when they tap into the energy, it's like okay, this is unique to you, so it makes you special. Mm-hmm. But the main character sneaks onto campus, like he's not supposed to be going Aww. there. Yeah, and he sneaks on the campus, and then the same day he shows up, someone steals the item that everyone that pretty much harnesses the energy, mm-hmm. and they blame him for. It. He's like, I didn't do it. So I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I guess he has to go out of his way to try to figure out who stole it and find it. So he goes on a dodgeball adventure, and he recruits members to his actual team, and they have to fight battles in the form of dodgeball matches. <laughs> you have stats, you level up, you equip items to make yourself better, and every character on your team does get dodgeball-like specials. Like one character's super dodgeball move is a healing spring. Don't ask how. He just heals people with his dodgeball <laughs> powers. Um, another it's, character does like a Kamehameha beam, a oh, dodgeball man. Kamehameha beam. It's uh, so cute, and this music is really cool. Oh, I, I love how fast it is too. Like I, I this is one of those games where when I was playing it, I kind of got absorbed. In it. I meant to play it for like five minutes and played it for like three hours. Oh yeah, like this is a lot of fun. And when you move around the campus, the way you run is by just rolling into a ball and just like blasting across the campus. <laughs> oh, it's such a strange game. It looks cool. I, it's funny. It's the, the characters look like um, some of them look like they're out of uh, the anime Crayon Shinchan, and then some other ones look like they're out of. Um, What's that one? Gumball Adventures or something like that? Oh, the let the um, um I don't remember. It's like just Gumball. I think it's called Gumball. Yeah, it looks a little bit like that. The cat. It's, it's the, really the really goldfish cute. kid. Yeah, and some of them and some of them look like they're they're from um the show uh, Owl House, which I'm really into, which is a Disney show. Um, they all have that kind of style to it. It's like an American. It it, it it seems very like American American cartoon, like modern cartoon style. I can definitely say yeah. without question that this is the sort of game where I feel like anyone should be able to play and have fun with it. It's I'm not going to sit there and say it's the game. It's like the perfect game. No one could possibly dislike it. But I am saying that it's the sort of game I think everyone should try because it seems like it would have that level of universal appeal. Yeah. Like Super Dodgeball had back on the SNE, on the NES back in the day. Yeah, I remember as a kid being like, there's like, it's like I was like, oh, there's basketball games, there's baseball games, and as a kid, I was like, there's a there's a dodgeball game, <laughs> but it's so good. Like even yeah. now, like oh, it's still fun. I remember when uh, the Game Boy Advance came out and they announced that there was a sequel to Super Dodgeball releasing on it, and at the time, the game hadn't been acknowledged in like 15 years. Yeah, but that's all everyone talked about. Yeah, it's like oh my god, Super Dodgeball's yeah. back, and that was definitely the game I bought on launch, and I still play it. Still play it. It's good. Well, and know, this game is great. Yeah, man. This looks really cool. Well, you know you know what's coming back? The bonus round. Bonus, bonus round. I'm going to toss me some bonus round balls. <laughs> I love that. Toss me my bonus round ball. The bonus rounds where we're playing uh, covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. And I told you, I have a, a summer jam for you right here. Oh man, this I'm curious about this because I was having trouble finding like a summary jam, like the energy, high energy type in that mind. So I'm curious about what you packed to the table. This is the um, this is the newest single from the Mad Gear. Ooh, ooh. Yes, this is from their album Mad Gear '64, 
which you can get now on Bandcamp at madgearband.bandcamp.com. This is the first background music to Silver Surfer composed by Tim Fallon. It is really good. They did such a good job on this track. So this is Silver Surfer BGM1 composed by Tim Fallon and performed and arranged by the Mad Gear. Background Music 1 from the game Silver Surfer for the NES, composed by Tim Fallon, arranged and performed by the Mad Gear. I'm sorry, that was foreground music, sir. <laughs> foreground music. It's phenomenal. I mean, the original track 
like they feel like they captured all of the melodies and all of all of the craziness of the original track and just sort of extended it and like gave each little bit like its own little showcase with the the saxophone with the guitar even with the synthesizer the keyboard player they have it's perfect it's so so good you know cams on the drums just keeping the whole thing together i was honestly mm. the whole thing was a gym but the horn the whoever the horn man was <laughs> the horn man you deserve Extra kudos. Oh, man. It's so, 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 so good. Um, he announced it, and I was like, oh, man, I haven't clicked on it yet. I haven't, I haven't checked it out yet. And I was at work today, and I was like, I got to listen to it today. And it's just ah, oh, so, so good. So if you like what you hear, if you like your uh, video game music with a with a tough edge. <laughs> <laughs> with, some, with some cut sleeves. Yeah, check out the Mad Gear um, at Bandcamp. Or is it madgear.com slash madgear.bandcamp. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Mad Gear Band. Bandcamp.com. He's going to type it on the site. <laughs> um, it's going to be on the site. It's all going to be up there. So it's it's so, so, so good. So check them out. Give them your money. They need it. <laughs> they need it. They deserve it. They deserve they it. They're, such, they're so good. All right. So we're up to you now. All right. So I ended up coming across much lighter tune. I felt like this track spoke to me because it gave me the feel like a vibe of like a summer evening. Like just mm. chilling at the end of a summer day. I like that, yeah, yeah. Uh, Good so, way to end the show too. So this comes from it's a cover of a track that's from Sonic Advance Three, which in and of itself is a cover from the Green Hill song in Sock the Hedgehog. This is the Sunset Hill guitar cover from the game Sonic Advance Three, covered by TGH the Guitar Hero.
gonna be big, big stars. You and that dang <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> Mr. Joe, Mrs. Joe's in me. I can't say Mrs. Joe. No, I said That's Mr. Joe. It was there. Mr. Joe. Now you're about Mrs. 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 Joe. Mr. Mr. Jones. <laughs> We're gonna be big, big stars. <laughs> but this actually had nothing to do with Mrs. Jones. This is actually the Sunset Hill guitar cover from Sonic Advance 3, done by the Guitar Hero. Um, like I said before, oddly enough, I chose this because I liked that that sort of quiet guitar strumming sound that he's doing here because yeah. it reminds me of like a quiet evening where you're just kind of singing around a fire and someone breaks up the guitars like, eh, just let me just play some notes for you guys while you all just kind of drink your beers and just stare up at the stars. Yeah, even it's kind of recorded kind of a low quality. So even that kind of staticky background kind of reminds me of that. Like you're outside, you know, there's like kind of wind or there's cars going by. Yeah, because like, like I was originally searching for a track that would be like the exact opposite. Like, you know, a, ha- a lively summer day, like a carnival maybe, or just driving down mm. the coast. But then I came across this and I was like, wow, I, this is an aspect of summer that I really love and in some respects kind of miss because it doesn't happen very often as an adult. Yeah. But like when I was a teenager, we used to do that kind of thing a lot, just kind of hang around the floor, like a bonfire yeah, and we- just listen to just look at the stars and sometimes not even talk, just relax. Yeah, we had a big barbecue party. Um, yeah, you were with us at the house um, last weekend and we were planning on like, okay, everything's done. We're going to have like a bonfire. We'll have like a little fire pit. We're going to set it up in the back. But like eight o'clock rolled around and everyone left. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> look at the time. You had somewhere to go. I like, had to do something. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone did. Everyone just like took off. And I was like, well, at least that's fine. At least everyone decided to go at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> was it something we <laughs> said? No, it was, but we were, we were planning on having a little fire pit and, and like kind of keeping it going. But anyway, for more information on the bonus round, please go to rhythmandpixels.com where we'll, we're going to have links to the artists' band camps and SoundClouds and YouTubes and everywhere you can go, find the music and buy the music and support these artists. But wait, no, we've got one more track to play. Oh, I thought it would be our, our track to go out on. No. This, this, he, gets the, he gets billing. Oh, okay. He gets billing. Boom. This, this, is, is, this is a bonus bonus track. That's right. This is a bonus round EX, baby. The extra B is for bonus. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they all say. They all say bonus. Uh, this actually was a submission from Curly Kevin, a listener and friend of the show. He originally wanted to submit it for the purpose of our mascots episode, but he was just a little off on the timing. But ain't no big deal because I think it's cool that he submitted it and we want to put him on the show and let it play anyway. So this track actually comes from the game Shantae and the Pirate's Curse and is called Back to the Roots, composed by Jake Kaufman.
that's 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 a, that's a fuzzy bass, man. It's a fuzzy, it's a fuzzy bass. Fuzzy bass. It's a fuzzy bass. <laughs> Love it. You're listening to Back to the Roots from the game Shantae and the Pirates Curse, composed by Jake Kaufman, submitted by listener and friend Curly Kevin. And this is what he had to say about this. Let me see. I think Shantae could be a console mascot, and her drawn version of Shantae and the Pirates Curse, I think, fits the bill for this. She wears a vest with usual or the usual clothing because she is not a half-genie hero anymore in this game because of the events that occurred at the end of the previous one where she gave up her genie powers. She is full-on human. So, let me see here. With the vest, she does not show as much skin, which executives at companies will be probably fine with, which allows it to be more family-friendly as well. Open marketplace. I played this game for the first time this past month and like her character. She is bubbly, witty, funny, and does the right things to save people, including her enemies such as Risky Boots, from certain death, even though it would actually end her conflict between them, thereby making for a better experience in the end. She's just a quality character. Hmm. My track suggestion comes from Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. It's called Back to the Roots from Shantae and the Pirate's Curse, composed by Jake Kaufman. It's a little different from the main theme or Scuttletown, but it is like a mix of Castlevania and Middle Eastern themes that plays a lot of music from this game. So, he yeah, has some good choices here. And honestly, I feel like... Yeah, Way Forward, Shantae, I think we mentioned that on the show, definitely. And um, it's got, yeah, it has a little bit of that Eastern vibe to it, but like not all the way through, just like little bits of it. And I really like that a lot. Yeah, and that, that rhythm is awesome. I've always been a fan of the Shantae OSTs. I've never, I have not played through all of them because I just never had the time. But I keep telling myself to go back to them. But I've played a good chunk of Pirates, uh, Risky's Revenge. I played a good chunk of, uh, actually, the beginning of Pirate's Curse. Mm-hmm. And I've played a lot of, what was it? Not Half Genie Hero, but this problem, Seven Sirens. The, seven, mm-hmm. the most recent yeah. one they did. And they're all, they kind of follow the same template of gameplay. Like, they don't change a ton, but it's tried and true gameplay. And the characterization that they put in of the characters is always pretty funny. Like in the newest one, they had a whole segment where there's a guy who, like, he's like a collector character. Like, he collects all these cool action figures and stuff. So he kidnaps Shantae and a friend of theirs, and she put and he puts them in like Mylar containers, <laughs> kind of like on that Simpsons with the collector. <laughs> yeah. And like they're in like these like packages of themselves, like Shantae action figure. <laughs> she's like, bro, she's like, I gotta get out of this thing. That's cute. I and like that. That was pretty funny. That's funny. But like, yeah, I, I think this is a good pick. And honestly, it's a really, really good pick. And I feel like Shantae, even though she's not, and I'll make this quick. So like, yeah, get this moving. That's right. But like, Shantae is already. I feel like at this point, she is way forward's mascot. Like, she's transcended where she originally started as. She's pretty much become their mascot. Yeah, yeah. I always get them conf- for some reason. I get way forward mixed up with a yacht club, yacht club games. Oh yeah, there's a shovel knight. That's definitely, definitely different. Um, I mean, I could play some shovel knight on the show. But uh, I think where, they, where my mind is making the connection is, is Jake Kaufman. Oh, yeah, that's true, because he did OSTs for several nights. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, for, for most of it. Um, they, like 99% of it. So, so I know one track was Manami Matsume. She did the, I want to say the Treasure Night stage. I think that's the one, yeah. Yeah, I think it was Treasure Night. Um, it was cool they got her to do that. But um, we should probably, do, I would love to do a whole ep- a whole Shantae episode. Spoiler, Jake Kaufman. Oh yeah, I'm contemplating it. I, I think that's a that's a bold, but very smart move. Well, you got to remember, and this is a little spoiler for my intent here, mm-hmm. is that people say masters, they don't always have to mean like the old guard, you know, the old masters, Leonardo, Michelangelo, <laughs> Shredder, Shredder, Splinter. Um, but yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. But I, I think a, a, a 
I think because there's a lot of Jake Kaufman music, a whole Shantae episode would be really fun to do. But again, for more information on the past bonus round, you can go to rhythmandpixels.com. All right, thanks for joining us on episode 33-2 of Rhythm and Pixels, our kickoff to summer, a kickoff to the Summer Games Challenge, our kickoff to the Summer Games Barbecue, a kickoff to the Summer Olympic Games. Let's kick off the summer heat <laughs> and high electric bills from AC's Run Wild. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's what I'm doing right now. I got my $77 electric bill in the man. I was like, man, I'm going to miss this next month. Oh, man. But uh, yeah, this is uh, this has been fun. This last track is from the game uh, Feta for the Super Nintendo, which I have never heard of before. You and anyone else, honestly? I this, and this is an American release, North American release. I don't, I don't know. I don't Looks? think it was because. Oh, wow. So what happened was, I only learned this because of my friend, you know, Francis from Hayport Player. Um, we get to talking a lot about a favorite game that we share, which is Shining Force Two. And one day in conversation, he let out that there's this game called Feta, the emblem of justice. He's like, have you heard of this? And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, you might want to play this because apparently in his description, they were like, it was worked on by former members of the team that made Shining Force. Oh, okay. And it bears a lot of similarities to that. Taka Tamaki. Okay, yeah, Japan only in uh, 1994. And then it got released on the Saturn in 96. Oh, there we go. But, like, he loaned me the cartridge because he got a fan cart of it made, or fan repro. And he was like, well, if you want to play it on the original hardware, I can loan you a cart. And he did, and I've been kicking the can down the road because of reviews and stuff. But then I decided as of last night, no more! I went and dug <laughs> up the old Super Nintendo version 2 from the closet and hooked it up to my old TV. And I played that along with a Lundra last night. And I'm going to be playing more of this oh. throughout the summer in my retro office. Getting through it and experiencing does, this. Does it have like a, a, a same like a familiar feel of um, Shining Force? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The from the item, the um, item and weapon icons, the character portraits. Um, the only thing that doesn't seem to have the same of, but that's partly because it's a Camelot staple is uh, the icon, the animated icons when you're scrolling through menus. Mm-hmm. But it feels very Shining Force. Mm. It's really cool. Like the, it feels like I'm playing like sort of like a lost, like their long lost brother. <laughs> it's like yeah, it feels familiar. Like you're like you're like you're visiting like a family member you haven't seen in a long time. Yes, I like that. That's just fun. It's, it's, a, it's a cool soundtrack too. It's got kind of like an old school SNES sound to it. Kind of, I don't know. I don't know like this. That's the instrumentation just seems sounds old to me. You know, which is fun. It even does that really simple like thing that old school RPGs did where they don't take a lot of time setting up a background to the narrative. It's just like, you're a guy in an army. We're attacking your town. We shouldn't be doing this. Obey orders. Screw you. I'm not doing it. Well, you're going to jail, and now the game starts with you breaking out, and now you're a rebel. Like, this all happens in, yeah, like, five it's minutes. It's always, like, a little bit of a shortcut to being, like, you're invested in this now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, okay, so you're just a kid, and you're waking up, and you're walking into town, and, oh, my God, your house is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> the evil army did that. You hate them now. Let's go fight them. Yeah. And that's your game setup, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, you know, that's what they did. You know, And the rest of the game is, I feel like, you're you're grinding out your experience points and like travel and like searching for where to go next. And I feel like that's the story. Like that's the story you're telling the story. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just hoping this bad boy rides out and sticks with sticks the landing for me. But so far, I think it's fun. 
Um, I'm going to be sad to give the cart back in the end because that means my save file is going with it. But <laughs> it's really about the experience at the end of the day. I don't need to keep the save file. We can dump the cart. We'll just dump the ROM and you'll have it forever because you're the collector. Oh, true, true. <laughs> oh, ooh, now you're talking. No, I don't have any. I don't have any means to do that. So sorry about that. No, don't give me hope. Just steal it. Steal it from your friends. No, never. Francis is a good guy. I would never. Yeah, it's cool, dude. Um, okay, so um, if you want to get in contact with me and Pernell, if you uh, have a track suggestion, a topic suggestion, or if you just want to say hi, or if you want to say I like what you're doing, if you want to say I don't like what you're doing, send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. We read all of our emails. We uh, we may not answer all of them, but we definitely get all of them and we read them all. Check the junk mail too, for better or for worse. I check Usually junk for mail. worse. <laughs> check that too. Um, and if you want a full track listing of this episode and, and all of our episodes and access to all of our episodes, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Uh, don't forget, at the top of the webpage, there's a link to our Discord server, so you can check that out and hang out with us and other people who are interested in game music and video games and even other uh, uh, video game music podcasts and podcasters. Uh, they hang out there as well, so check that out. Um, you can go to uh, youtube.com slash rhythmandpixels. We have a 24-7 8-bit and 16-bit radio station that's playing right now. And um, right now, I'm just like, I'm teaching myself a lot of um, coding with that thing now. So the next thing I'm doing is um, if you uh, put the command like in the uh, chat, in the live chat, it will like the track. I'm keeping a database that actually shows on the screen of how many people liked a certain song. Oh, that's pretty cool. So um, I'm figuring out how to do that. And in the process of doing that, what I've- is it, What language is it in? Um, I'm, use, I'm using JavaScript. So it's all, um, uh, it's a server-side JavaScript called Node. Okay. So, and then um, the pages that display the, the titles and stuff, that's just JavaScript within um, HTML. Oh, nice. So, so yeah, I'm doing a whole lot uh, at the back end. So. Um, and JavaScript isn't that, that hard. It's just it, the, the node stuff is tough because it's all asynchronous. But anyway, I can get to that later. But that, that's it's been fun. I've been having a whole lot of fun doing it. So I'm learning how to manipulate APIs and stuff like that. Uh, so check that out. Rhythm and, uh, YouTube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. There's a lot of new music up there. There's uh, Game Boy music. There's Neo Geo Pocket Color music. There's a ton of Super Nintendo music. Um, I and mean, we'll just be updating it constantly. So please check that out. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And it's good to play in the background at work. It's pretty cool. Um, and if you want to support the show, the best thing you can do is tell people about it. You can tell friends and family that, that hey, this is what I'm into, and this, these are these two guys are cool. Tie a coin to a string and wave it in front of your friend's face and let them know Rhythm and Pixels is the best. Rhythm and Pixels is the best. You want to listen to Rhythm and Pixels, maybe eat a sandwich while doing so. Robin Pernella, great. Robin yeah. Pernella, your dad's now. <laughs> Robin Pernella, great. Um, so <laughs> you could check that out. Um, on our Patreon, but um, you can also hit the, hit the subscribe button or like button wherever you are. That's that's gonna help us out too. But you can also help us out at Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/RhythmandPixels. All the money there goes to uh, help support the work that we do here, the hosting, um, the 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 YouTube stream, all that stuff. It all it all takes time and, and costs a, some money. So truck con trips too, for that man. Yeah, yeah, and, and all of our appearances at the different conventions. So. Um, if you want to see more of that, you can go to Patreon. As a member of Patreon, you get access to monthly live streams of the show. You get it so you can be a part of the show, which is a lot of fun. You get cool stuff like stickers, there's mugs, and there's exclusive t-shirts through Patreon. So go check that out. Patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. I want to see that shirt. I don't think I've looked at it. Oh, I'll have to show you. Um... I lost my train of thought. Oh, we like to thank <laughs> we like to thank our Patreon members 
at the um, at the highest levels at the end of every episode. So we want to thank first thank Brooke and frankly Zappa. The two of you are fantastic, top tier, number one. All of the rest can suck it. Stop that! No, you. <laughs> that's not how this works. Never how this works. <laughs> I just do stuff just to get a rise out of you. It's not fair. My heart hurts. Um, anyway, the, both of you, thank you so 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 much. We really really appreciate it. It's. It's uh, it does a lot for our souls. So thank you both very, very oh, much. Oh, and also I guess this is another case of thanks, frankly, Zappa, because he got me to ask. He start trying to get back in the Monster Hunter Rise. Oh yeah, yeah. We were talking about that a little ways back, and I told myself I'm going to sit down and make myself get familiar with the controls. I feel see what all the hubbub's about <laughs> all day today. It's like oh, I'm getting back into this game. Getting back into this game. Get back into this game. Uh, suddenly you're not going to get back into any game because the list is way too long. It's getting there, but the downside just just means now I have to stop getting into games. Like I'm. A cap. I've hit a cap, rather. Uh, so. No cap. Um, so, I want to thank uh, number one. No username, just number one. Thank you very much. Number one. Uh, thank GameFan44. Thank you very much. Mike Myers. Uh, here we have a new uh, Patreon member, the Tyrionator. Tyr- am I saying that right? Tyrionator. I want to say it's Tyrionator. Uh, well, there's an, there's an I and an A in there. Tyrionator. 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 Oh, I like Tyrionator. Thank you very much, Tyrionator. Huge, huge thank you. We want to thank Ulf Person, Fashion8060, Alex Messenger from the AVGM Journey podcast. Excuse me. Uh, uh, Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, Cameron Worma, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast. Chris Steenerson, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219. The Wise Quiz Guy. Oh. Uh, Christopher Sandstrom, Chuck Kowalski, Davey Cakes, David Taylor, Enchilada Rigol, Harold Howard, Triple Jeff. Try Jeff! Uh, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio. Keith Shusterman, March Martyrus. There you go. Got you from the ReVGM podcast. Uh, Michael Bridgewater, Sir Michael Bridgewater. Uh, Rage Cage from the VG Emporium podcast. So check that out. Uh, Reinhardt Zelkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy, Bedroth from the Very Good Music VGM podcast, and uh, Zach Thornbach. Nice. So thank you all so, so much. And many more. Uh, for supporting our little program, greatly appreciated. Very much appreciated. I might, I might actually start running like a scroll of our uh, Patreon members, maybe on the. Uh, oh, that would be a good idea. Too. Yeah, yeah. Like kind of like run through like how it runs through backgrounds, and eventually it'll run through another one that has like a thank you list. Well, I think I'll set that up tomorrow. Um, that'd be kind of nice. All right, so um, all of you, thank you very, very much. It means a lot to us. It means that we can feed our children. Well, <laughs> well first I have to have children, and then I will feed. We them. can. Uh, we can, uh, we can go to bed tonight in our beds. <laughs> Filled with your money. No, I, I can finally <laughs> afford to de-needle my bed mattress. De-needle it? Yes. They, they're so prickly. Yeah, uh, needle man. All right, so thank you all so, so much for supporting the show. Um, thanks for listening to the show. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Purnell. Have a great week. And remember... I mean, summertime is great. I know we're all looking forward to getting some much-needed relaxation and gaming time in, but don't forget, relaxation can happen outside of the house, too. Um, Take some time to get familiar with your national parks or your not-so-national but just neighborhood parks. Um, Go for some walks in your neighborhood. Sit near a stream. Listen to water babble down a brook. I love doing that, for the record. It sounds corny, but I'm telling you, I could spend 10 hours next to a river and not bat an eye. Go content. Um, just 
get more time outside and becoming more attuned to your natural environment. It's wonderful. And if you find yourself needing to get some more game time in out there, get a Switch! <laughs> I mean, shoot, play the Switch outside in a shady area because those things suck with the sun. Um, it's a good time. It's a good feeling. Just do that thing. Do that. Do that.